0: you have your Bibles, or if you want to follow along on the screen, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3, and this is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, and it is uh, the next part we're going to look at in this series, and uh, it's got a lot of really good stuff in it. I hope you've been getting a lot out of the series, but I I hope that today that this will just speak to your hearts uh, and speak to you wherever you might be. All right, Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. This is Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14, going through the end of the chapter. This is why I kneel before the Father. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. I ask that he will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of his glory through his Spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith as a result of having strong roots in love. I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length height and depth together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Glory to God who is able to do far beyond all we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations forever and always. Amen. All right, so this scripture this morning deals with the the love of God. That's kind of the the focal point of this scripture is is the love of God, and it talks about the length, the height, and the depth, and everything. And I am the the type of person my entire life I have spent trying to go up against the limits. I am the, the type person who likes to stretch myself to the very end, and then when I can't go any further, I try to go a little bit further. And and some of you might be like this, but I remember when I was at Young Harris College, I was a sophomore, um, I was not doing well in one of my classes. I, I was pretty well known amongst my friends in my classes, and this isn't a model for you youth down here. Do not learn from my example, at least in this regard. But what I would do is I would figure out how many hours it would take to write a paper, how many hours it would take to write a paper, and then I would start that number of hours before the class period started. And so I wrote an entire research paper the morning it was due. Well, I got kind of caught with the last class I had to take to graduate from Young Harris College, and I thought, I'm going to... To make it, I know I'm going to make it, and and the whole time I'm sitting there thinking I'm going to make it. But every single assignment for that class, I would just push myself right to the limit. And then I would turn it in or not turn it in, and just things weren't going well. And the professor, I'll never never forget this exchange. She pulled me in her office after I took the final, and she looked at me and she said, it really doesn't matter how well you did on the test that you just took and I have a feeling you probably didn't do very well and I said what are you saying to me she said I'm saying that I can tell that you're stretched to the absolute limit I can tell that you've been pushing yourself trying to do too many things and this class has been the last thing on that list and it shows in your work it shows in your attendance It shows in everything that you're doing And I'm sitting there, it's Wednesday, graduation practice is on Friday, graduation is on Saturday, and I know grades are due pretty soon. And so I'm sitting there and I'm saying, so you're telling me I'm not gonna make it out of your class? And she said, I don't see what else we could do. And I said, here's me with my brilliant stretch myself to the limit plan one more time. I said, what if I wrote this really long research paper for you and got it to you by eight o'clock in the morning. She said, grades are due at nine. I said, I oh, know, that's an hour for you. Don't you think that's enough? And she, she said, she looked at me and she said, I, somebody remind me to write her a letter because I really need to. Um, she said, okay, I'll let you, I'll let you do this, um, but, but it's got to be good. And so I stayed up all night. It was my last night with all my friends at Young Harris College. We were all getting ready to go off to different schools. And I stayed up all night writing, writing a research paper on William Blake. It was riveting. And so I, I did that, and I turned it in, and, and she, she wrote me an email, and she said, I don't like doing stuff like this, but something just told me I needed to for you. And so I was like, okay, so I, I ended up graduating, and I, I learned my lesson from that, sort of. I didn't actually learn my lesson from that. I went on to University of Georgia. I did somewhat of the same thing there. I went to Candler School of Theology at Emory University. I did somewhat of the same thing there, and what ends up happening is when I stretch myself all the way to the limit, I realize I, I just lose complete control And I realize that there's nothing else I can do, and I feel helpless, and I don't like being in that situation. Now, the problem with all of us is that we all inevitably have limits. It's part of our created nature. We are finite beings, and so ultimately, we're all going to come up against some sort of boundary. We're always going to come up against some sort of limit where we say, I can't possibly do anything more. Eventually, we reach the end of what we are capable of doing. Now, sometimes people will say, in in crisis situations, um, we've done all we can, all we can do now is pray. Okay, Uh, we have done all that we can, all we can do now is pray. Which, in a different sermon, we could probably address the fact that The beginning of what you should do is pray and then try to do whatever you can do. But that's a different subject for another day. But it's in those moments that we realize our own limits. We realize that we are not capable to do more beyond what we are already doing, and we feel helpless because we don't see that things are going to work out. We don't see that the paper is going to get done on time. We don't see that the finances are going to come together or that we're going to make the mortgage on time. We don't see that the relationship is going to be reconciled in the right time frame. And it's when we reach those limits that we have to turn to God. Now, here's what I think about limits. This, this is just my thoughts. You, you can take your own spin on it. But I believe that our limits have the potential from, to keep us from realizing what God has in store for us or to show us how to experience it all. I believe that our limits have the potential to keep us from realizing what God has in store for us, or to show us how to experience all that God has for us. And that's kind of what we're going to look at this morning with the scripture. Now, our scripture, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, as we talked about the first week in this series This was a circular letter. It was spread and shared with many different churches, and even with us today, this letter is shared. So we believe that these are words that that are spoken to the church in Ephesus that ring truthfully for us here today. And in this scripture, Paul is crying out for us to take hold of something. He is crying out for us to take hold of something he so eagerly desires for the people to experience, something that seems somewhat out of grasp and which we cannot grasp on our own. This is the way he begins. This is why I kneel before the Father. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. Now, it's important to note that for Jewish people, the actual posture of prayer was to stand. You would stand to pray. Kneeling only emerged as a praying posture, Uh, there's some instances in the Psalms of people bowing before God, but kneeling only really emerged when people were kneeling down where their lives were about to be taken for the gospel. And so when he says that I am kneeling down, he is showing that he is in a completely vulnerable state. He is saying that I am at the end of my capacity for what I can do. What I am asking for Only God can give you, because I am at the end of my limit for what I can give. So that's the context of this particular passage. And if you have your message notes, we have these little bullet points, and they have little fill-in-the-blanks if you're into those type things. Uh, These are the things, specifically, that Paul prays for them. The first thing is he, he prays that they may have inner strength, inner strength. Verse 16 says, I ask that he will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of his glory through the Spirit. So the the first thing is he he recognizes that they need inner strength in order to experience what he's going to ask for them. They need to have inner strength that's beyond what they can do on their own. It has to come from God. It has to come from the glorious riches of God. The second thing he says is that He is asking that Christ will live in their hearts and our hearts. Verse 17 says, I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith as a result of having strong roots in love. So verse 17 emphasizes that Christ will live in our hearts. The third thing, and this is really the center of gravity, as I mentioned earlier, of this entire passage. Paul prays that they may comprehend an incomprehensible love. An incomprehensible love. This is what is meant by that. He asks, I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge so that you will be fulfilled entirely with the fullness of God. It, it's it's high, it's deep, it's wide, it's long, and it's beyond all of our knowledge. He is basically saying this is an incomprehensible love. This is a love that is beyond what you can actually fathom or understand. Now, th- what we're dealing with is a certain geometry of love. Doesn't that sound nice? Geometry of love. You can put that on your. Christmas cards this year, Geometry of Love. Wanted to share the Geometry of Love with you. And and as I was thinking about that, I I couldn't help but think where I've experienced the wildness of just geometry and geography. And I I thought back to this summer. This is a picture from the White Mountains up in northern New Hampshire. Uh, This is almost to Canada We didn't actually go all the way into Canada, I kind of regret that now, but we we went up into the northern part of New Hampshire and we had to climb up a long ways. I didn't want to go through the trouble of climbing this much, but my lovely wife said it's going to be worth it when we get to the top, it's going to be worth it when we get to the top. And we went up there and I can't actually, um, our, our screens are not really capable of showing the full panoramic view but th- this is just one view in one direction, and it was absolutely gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. That's, that's another picture uh, from another place we went this summer. But in, in New Hampshire, we were up in the White Mountains, and we were just looking out, and it was like everywhere we could see, it, it was just like it just kept going. It was mountains. It, it was, there were ponds. There were lakes. And then we went to Acadia National Park. This is a picture from Acadia National Park in Maine. And it was absolutely gorgeous, and and the cool thing about Acadia is that it's this weird mix of where an island has a mountain on it, and there are all these different ponds and rivers and lakes and the ocean, and it just stretches out, and you can go up to all these high peaks within the mountain and just see out, and it's just absolutely beautiful, as far as you can look. Now, the cool thing about these pictures is that as far as we could look, it was just absolutely beautiful. As far as we could see, it was absolutely beautiful. You've probably been to somewhere really high before at some point in your life where you looked out and it's just like, I just keep seeing more and more and more. If you've ever looked at the ocean, you've you just looked out and gone, it just keeps going and going and going. And, and it's, it's in those moments that we realize how big the universe is, how big the world we live in is, uh, and it starts to kind of show us a little bit of what that geometry of love might look like. Now, there's a story that um, John Horton loves to tell, and uh, John is our resident, retired pastor who serves as an associate here. and uh, he he always he's just always good for a good old story. And so uh, we were sitting around talking about this scripture this week, and he brought up this story. Uh, of an experience where a guy had lost his wife, and he and his daughter were, were looking to just kind of get away and clear their mind a little bit. And as they went away, they went on a cruise, good place to clear your mind, and at some point on the cruise, they were standing out on the cruise ship, and they're, they're out in the middle of the ocean, and they started reflecting on on the mother who had passed away, and, and they just started thinking about God's love. They just kind of, you know, how much does God really love us anyways? And, and, and the dad was just emphatic, you know, God's love is for you. God loves you even when you can't see it. And, and she said, well, how big is God's love for me? And, and, and the father looked, and he said, just look out as far as you can on the horizon. It's like the ocean never ended. And then look up to the sky, you can't even see the top of it. And look down at the ocean beneath us, you can't even see the bottom. God's love is higher, it's wider, it's longer, it's deeper than that. And, and the daughter looked at him and, and said, and we're right here in the middle of it. And it's just a beautiful example of, of what it's like to be right in the middle of of God's love, and I, I believe that that love is around us, but sometimes we miss out on it. Now, he, at the beginning, we were talking a little bit about limits, and, and here, here is the thing when it comes to experiencing this kind of love that God has for us. I believe that to experience a boundless love, we have to get beyond our boundaries. In order to experience this boundless love, we have to get beyond our boundaries. Now, there there are a few different kinds of boundaries that I thought of. One of is the space that we allow in our lives. Now, I am the type of movie watcher where I have favorite movies that I maybe will watch once or twice every few years. And th- those are just good movies that you go back to. But I really like the element of surprise, not knowing how the story's going to unfold. So I'm, I'm more drawn to watching something new. My wife, Emma, on the other hand, she is all about the familiarity. She is all about watching Harry Potter 1 through 7 over and over and over and over again. Um, 1 through 8, actually. They broke the last book up into two movies. Um, trust me, I know. And so she always watches them and... I always I always like to jo- joke around with her. I'll walk in and go, Oh, is this the one you haven't seen yet? And she's like, No, I've never seen it. But I mean, she just kind of play it off. And I'm like, I wonder what's going to happen. Wonder who's going to win. And, and she just is so crazy about Harry Potter. But there, there's this one part of Harry Potter that I've just been watching him and just kind of snarling at it because I have to watch it all the time, Harry Potter, burr, Harry Potter. And, but there's this one part of Harry Potter that this past week I, I came across, I was reading something about this passage, and it, it just brought out a great example from Harry Potter. So there's something redeemable in Harry Potter. And if you, those of you who have seen the movies or if you've read the books, you might remember in the first book, Harry lives with his aunt and uncle and cousin, And where does he live? Under the stairs, in the cupboard, broom closet, something like that. And and so he has this little closet. Harry is family, and all they could do is carve out this little broom closet to stick him in. He's family, but the only space that they allow for him is this little closet. That's where he has to live. And and the truth is, for a lot of us in the way that we live our lives, we do sort of the same thing when it comes to our relationship with God. We've got all of ourselves available, but we only make this one little space available. We've got all of ourselves at God's disposal, but we're only willing to give up one little area of our lives. And so the, the first boundary we might have to get beyond is our space. The second, as I alluded to earlier, is our pride, that our pride is something where we believe that we can do it all on our own. Um, As I thought about World Communion Sunday and just what this Sunday means in the life of the world, I started thinking about the perception of Americans within the world landscape. And, and one of the things that we pride ourselves on in Ameri- as Americans, one of the things that we look highly upon ourselves, and it is a good attribute to some degree, is the fact that, that we are a, a free nation of make-it-yourself. We are all about pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and, and making it yourself. But in the economy of God, when we're dealing with the geometry of love, um, sometimes there are things we can't do on our own. And it's when we reach those limits that we realize, I can't possibly do any more. And that's a hard thing for us to admit. It's a really hard thing for guys to admit. It's a really hard thing for Americans to admit. But it's a spot that we eventually always will get to because we're finite beings who eventually are going to have an end. Another thing is our Failures. Um, that our failures might be a boundary that keep us from experiencing the boundless love of god i 've got one more picture up there, and, and this is a picture of the sunset and this is the last sunset, the absolute last sunset I saw in my twenties. It was taken on August the seventh on August the eighth I turned thirty, and so I was. I was sitting there and and I just started kind of replaying the past decade in my life and actually sat down when we got back to uh, the bed and breakfast we were staying in and kind of jotted out some notes and posted it online. And, And what I was saying was that the sun has set on my 20s and I just kind of reflected on the past decade of my life. And I thought back to where I was exactly 10 years before that. And as I was entering my twenties, one of the things I reflected on was that i I believed that I was on the verge of failing. I, I had completely burned myself out. I had almost not passed my sophomore year of college at Young Harris College, as I mentioned earlier, and I, I just felt like I was at the end. I felt like I had done everything I could possibly do, and i just wasn 't capable of doing any more, and I was just ready to give up I was I was really, really close Uh, in some degrees. I I really wrestled a lot with my faith and I I was really at the point where I I was thinking, I don't know that I'm called to go into any sort of ministry anymore. I just want to get a degree and get out of here and and go do something else with my life. But But it was in that moment of being broken, in that moment of feeling like a failure that God was able to start restoring me and start building me back up. Now, this is what I think it ultimately comes down to is, is, for me at least, is that ultimately my problem is I have a finite mind and, and comprehending an infinite love is something that's nearly impossible for me. Comprehending a boundless love when I'm a person of limits and I'm a person of boundaries is something that's really hard for me. But here, here's the truth that Paul gives us, and, and this is the way that he ends this particular passage, and, and this is kind of my, my summation of the last couple of verses of this chapter, is that the source of the love is the source of the power. The one who gives us this love that's higher than we can imagine, that's deeper than we can understand, it's, it's wider, it's longer, it's beyond all of our knowledge. The one who gives us this love is also the one who gives us the power to take hold of it. We may not be able to overcome our limits, but God is. And so he closes it with this, Glory to God who is able to do far beyond all we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and always. Amen. And and here's the reality for us today. When it, when it comes to our lives, when it comes to our, our pride, when it comes to our sense of space, when it comes to our, our feelings of failure in our life, we may not be able to, able to overcome our limits, but God is. If we're willing to give God space to move in our lives, God is able to move in our lives and God is able to show that love to us that's farther beyond all knowledge, if we're humble enough to say we can't do anymore, when we're humble enough to say that I've tried to do this on my own and I haven't succeeded, I give up, that's when God is able to move in our lives. If we're willing to stop feeling like our, our salvation, if we're willing to stop feeling like we have to earn our way into God's favor, that's when he, he's able to move in our lives and help us experience that love he has for us. So the question for us this morning is, what are our boundaries? What's the boundary in your life that that keeps you from fully experiencing God's love? What is it that keeps you from living into experiencing all of God that he has for you? And so I believe if we give God the space to move in our lives and we rely on the one who is the source of the love and is also the source of the power, that that God will be able to transform our lives. And, and th- this is one of those things that uh, as you, you come and you get ready to preach, one of the things I always wrestle with is trying to think of something that's life application part of it. And, and I, want, I want you all to feel like when you come to church, you, you can take something with you that is something you can apply in your workplace or in your family or in your daily lives somehow. And as I was I was praying this morning for the service, I, I really wrestled with that, and I was like, Lord, th- there really isn't a life application takeaway where people can just take hold of it and go and do likewise. And and I was like, you know, what what are people supposed to get out of today? And I I just believe that. The guy was like, I just want people to experience the love I have for them. Isn't that enough of an application? Isn't that enough? Do we always have to find like some little nugget of life application, practical truth in every scripture, or is just experiencing God's love not enough? And and so my, my challenge to you this morning, my challenge to us is that we would take hold of the love that God has for us, we would we would let down our boundaries so we can experience the boundless love of God. We would put our trust in the One who is the source of the love and also the source of the power for us to experience that love. And so, as we close this service this morning, um, I invite you to come to the altar and just ask God to move in your lives. Um, there, there's no real go and do likewise involved in it, other than just be willing to give God the space to move in your lives. Be willing to admit that you have limitations and and be willing to see that you don't have to do all this on your own. We may not be able to do the things that we're called to do in life, but God is able. Let's pray. All-powerful God, we come to you in acknowledgment of the fact that you were able to do far beyond all we could ask or imagine. And so, Lord, I pray that in our lives, you would move in in the places where we are closed off. When we only allow a little bit of space for you, Lord, I pray that you would just break through that space and, and you would take over our full lives. God, I pray that we would not be people consumed by our limits, but we would be completely, passionately overwhelmed with the fact that you're a God without limits. And so, Lord, we we just ask that you would move in our hearts today, that we would receive that, that we would receive your love. And as Paul prayed for the Ephesians so many years ago, and we, we hear this prayer for us today as well, Lord, I pray that we would experience the length, the height, the width and the depth of your love. It's in your name we pray. Amen.